last 50 years have seen dynamic shifts in societal attitudes toward female autonomy, divorce, reproductive rights, and the definition of marriage. Along with it, more and more people are making the conscious choice to live their lives child-free. We're here to unpack the complexities of this life choice and say the things that we can't say anywhere else. Greetings, and welcome to another episode of... Not just... Sleeping In. I'm Tiger. And I'm Lee, and each week we gather in our secret child-free compounds and discuss all the things about this pretty crucial life choice that we've made. This week, we open up again uh, the representation files and take a look uh, at the recent rise in lone wolf and cub tropes in TV, movies, video games, everything else. And hey, if you're not sure what we're talking about, Baby Yoda, we're coming for you. I'm excited to dive into this, but first, uh, Tiger, how late did you sleep in this week? Uh, like 8.30, but it was on a work day. So I literally rolled out of bed and jumped onto a Amazing. Meeting. Yeah, I love working from home. Fantastic. How about yeah. you? Do you think that, are, there, are they coming for you, do you think, at some point? Or are you going to be able to like stay locked in the compound for a little bit longer? Um, I have a strategy for if they try to come for me, because our sister company yeah. has always been remote work, and they need a social media Ooh. person, so what? Yes. I just dab <laughs> listeners. Uh, you, yeah, so. you missed that. Oh, it's so dabby. Yeah, full on, like, Trixie Mattel, bad dab, very exciting. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm trying very, very hard to never go back in the office. Um, I, I Yeah, they've never seen me. They don't need to know. I've never, I've I love never it. been into the office, so it's been over a year. They let the mystery continue. Yeah, they don't need me. They're gonna yeah. be like, "Ew, you have a mohawk and you're greasy," and I'll be like, "You didn't need to know this." <laughs> you could have lived in blissful ignorance. Mm-hmm. This is your fault, dudes. <laughs> My stomach doesn't work. I fart a lot. Like you don't want me there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. Um, well, what about you? At- talk, talk to me. How how'd you sleep in? Ten a.m. Finally got a good yes. uh, got a good weekend in, and you know what? Like, did the like because sometimes you got to get up and and use the bathroom and like take two bites of a granola bar. But like, I'm encouraging you all, listeners, to like you can put a sleep mask on and try to go back to bed. You can. Like, don't don't be necessarily a slave to your biorhythms if at 630 in the morning, you know, something jolts you awake on a Saturday. Like, you can fight the fight to get those numbers back up to double digits. I believe in all of you. <laughs> yeah. And if not, like, nap. Nap. I, yeah. I have just become save a, it for a nap later. Yeah. I've become yeah. a huge proponent of the afternoon nap. Um, yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's, I'm, I'm excited to get into this cause it, it jumped out at me. I was, um, you know, it's been a thing for a couple of years, but like really this came about because, um, I started watching the bad batch, the new kind of clone wars spinoff animated show on Disney plus, and was excited to kind of continue that clone wars story. They did a great job of kind of, you know, talking about the, oh, the travesty of war and all of that and very serious, adding kind of an adult spin on the uh, on the Star Wars universe uh, and looking at things, you know, both political and social and was a good series. 
And so when they were like, hey, new series, we're coming back and we're filling in some gaps between the prequels and, and you know, A New Hope. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. And by the end of the first episode, there is like a precocious eight year old who gets thrust with this group of like grizzled mercenaries and gets stowed away on the ship. And I'm like, oh, the kid's going to be here the whole time. And <laughs> and it, it just kind of and it made me think back to like there's been a lot of kind of what are colloquial like uh, in in media whatever are, are kind of referred to as lone wolf and cub stories and there's just been a lot of them but this new group that's come out takes and bends the old lone wolf and cub kind of setup and there's a lot of it's again there's not child there's very few child free people explicitly child free people in there so it's like i'll kind of lean into like maybe non-parents there's a lot of non-parents in these stories recently, and this is video games, it's movies, it's television, that are being like forced into parenthood by whatever sort of circumstance. And I think it's it's been, it's really, I know that there's different opinions about some of these based on how cute the, you know, um, charge in question is, but like, it's really a thing, Tiger. It's a thing. Yeah, it's not something I noticed until you pointed it out to me. And then I realized everything that you were bringing up is something I'm, like, hugely into. So, I, yeah, I Yeah, don't you know. love a baby Yoda. Well, okay. You but love that baby do Yoda. Do interspecies friendships where it's actually two people who are about the same age really count? <laughs> eh? Eh? I mean, I you're, also it, talking, you're also talking to someone whose, like, best friend in the world is her dog and her cat. Like... Right. You know, they're my ride or dies. Well, but there, but there's really funny, and I think that we can, we can, we can kind of dive into this and parse out of it too, because some of these. So let's just uh, get some parameters for what we're kind of be talking <laughs> yeah. about just a little bit, because <laughs> you bring up a good point. But I want to kind of list off some ones here that that are. Um, so again, uh, here's your big. Let the the spoiler and go off. We're talking Star Wars, maybe some Marvel, uh, Last of Us, God of War, The Witcher, uh, Mandalorian, Bad Batch, The Boys. We're getting into Birds of Prey. We're getting into a lot of different stuff here. Um, Also going to tack on uh, a content warning here just because like, oh my God, there's so many dead spouses and dead children (laughs) in the setups to these that I think that it's worth pointing out. Because if you don't want to hear about that stuff, which again, Jesus, can we write a backstory for anybody that it doesn't involve a dead family? Um, Maybe not the episode for you. We want to give you a chance to nope out. Um, So yeah, Um, Baby Groot, Baby Yoda, Circe from uh, The Witcher, um, all sorts of other people kind of fall into this category. And it's all kind of, you go back to kind of the, and there there are examples of this earlier, and I think you brought up some interesting ones uh, in, in your notes, but like generally the 1970, uh, a manga comes out in Japan called Lord Wolf and Cub. It's the story of the Shogun's assassin um, who comes home to find, take a drink, uh, his wife killed and his household laid waste except for his three-year-old son. And he gives him the choice. He lays out a ball and a sword. We can talk about how fucked up that is to like, (laughs) let your child, let your three-year-old. And, and the idea is if, if he goes for the ball, the, the child wants a life of leisure and they should both just commit ritual suicide because they're both going to be miserable 
But if the child goes for the sword, they should uh, take, I think they call it the road to hell uh, in some of them and decide to go and wreak path of righteous vengeance uh, over all who wrong them. So the three-year-old, maybe like shiny things, reaches for the sword. They grab a, a weird bamboo cart with a bunch of spikes coming out of it and go off on like a murderous rampage. Um, but creates and impacts this story. There's uh, five or six movies that come out of this. Wonderful Japanese kind of that height of that arterial spray that, that Tarantino and everyone else like to, you know, borrow from. And impacts a lot of, you know... From The Road to Perdition, The Dark Tower, Leon the Professional, that really kind of the... That's one I can talk about negatively. (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah, because there's a sub, there's the weird, there's the whole weird side version of that where, yeah, like this thing and... But essentially what you've got, you've got a, a grumpy adult, usually with a very violent profession, uh, who has to either, and the weird thing that we can talk is it, initially it's it's their own child. And more and more recently, it's evolved into this forced partnership or this forced child rearing um, where they have to bring this kid along in their adventures. Yes. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of them and if people have a lot of different feelings about them, you know, Um but yeah, I think the interesting thing is like, so so Baby Yoda, right? And I think that you love these stories as as I get more and more like, why is this kid? But I think because you see it almost as a pet and not I, necessarily a child. Okay, yes, the interspecies like, ones, of which I will count The Witcher, Baby Groot, and Baby Yoda. Because <laughs> The Witcher is yeah. a different species than Siri. Let's be real. Yeah, um, that's, yeah. I, uh, like I think the interspecies like adorable friendship yeah it's like a dream because if my pets had sentience like fuck yeah I would, sure. I would I would take Lottie to the shooting range like every week and we'd just be like yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like, like she's you... scared of loud noises and I can't explain to her that it's okay you know right you you what you have is essentially a quadrupedal Chewbacca without a bowcaster yeah like that's yeah so that and that and, and I think it's very funny that like the realm of fantasy and sci-fi opens this up for you in such that you can come at it the other way. Because I, I just keep seeing this as like as like so many children. There's all these children yeah, and they, they pair them like, with like the worst humans that don't really want them around. And it's very interesting. Because to me. sometimes when you're like alone, like because when you are a lonely, not a lonely person, but when you are an alone person. You can't do all your badassery by yourself, right? But they're never going to open right. up to another person or another person, another being of their species. However, you give someone a pet and it's like, oh, shit, look at this. I have help now. Like, Baby Yoda's hella useful. Groot, actually, like, kind of ancient, just, like, reincarnating. And, like, Rocket needs right. him just as much as Groot needs Rocket. And, like... right. And I would like I would very specifically call out like Groot and Rocket's friendship as being the lone wolf cub situation just because they're oh, so pairing. often paired together. And then yeah. like the Witcher and Siri, like they both end up kind of needing each other. And the Witcher's whole thing is like, bro, like you can't save humanity without understanding humanity, you know? Yeah. So it makes sense. So yeah, there's... some of these other examples yeah. that we're gonna get into, I fucking hate. Like. <laughs> Come at me, Billy Butcher. Let's do this. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. So, and again, like, again, we, there the commonalities here, but again, a little different. You, yeah. We've got Mando's a mercenary. It's a job. Right. But then all of a sudden he realizes his cargo is adorable and their ears move and he just can't part with it and then feels the need to put it with someone who cares. The Bad Batch, same thing. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, I think that for me, the, the Groot of it all is, is very interesting in the fact that they're like, it's this forced reincarnation kind of thing where then like the crew of, of non-parents, uh, you know, have to then go through all the stages of parenthood, you know, yeah. uh, we, because it's their friend. And again, it's like, oh, it's your friend. Like, you don't want to like, um, but yeah, it's Tiger. Are there other, I mean, we've kind of, oh, and again, like the, the, a lot of times there's this classic gendered pairing, um, of like, it is a, a, a man, a tough John Wayney man, uh, with either a male or a female, uh, progeny or, you know, uh, uh, charge that, that they're placed with. Um, but we're starting to see it again to not be as gendered. I think birds of prey who you've got, like, I love sloppy ass Harley Quinn. And I love that we're letting her be like a three dimensional person and like get past kind of her sidekick status. But what do they do in birds of prey, a movie that I love immediately slap her with like a 10 year old that she has to like, try to figure out how to feed and like, doesn't know what to do with, you know? And, yeah. and, and again, that, but, and that, and that's a character, Cassandra Kane, who in the comics was an adult and they chose to infantilize them to put Harley in this dynamic, like to fit the dynamic into their movie. And it's weird. Cause it didn't, that was definitely an element of the movie that didn't work. Like if Cassandra had been an adult and Harley had been forced into the, supervisor or warden role of a prisoner of someone in witness protection essentially i think that would have actually been more interesting right because again it's like it's like when you start dating after a long time or like where both you and i have had stints where our partner has gone out of town and you slip a little you know and the house maybe doesn't look the way it is or you've let the, the dishes go and then all of a sudden you realize they're coming back and then like oh god you have to be a human again like that's still a relatable pairing, right? Yeah. Of like you can't be sloppy and be responsible, but like we have to put the parental structuring on top of it for some reason. Like yeah. that has to be the, yeah. And it's interesting to me. And again, like I don't necessarily, I, you might have feelings in the Luke Basson versions of this, which gets real weird. We don't have to get into that at all. I'm just pointing it out that it's out there too. Oh, no. Like, I think that's actually really important to highlight this adult man and young assassin thing. I mean, that's effectively Kill Bill is what happens after that, you know, and because right. that was Bill's whole M.O. is taking in these young yeah. women and parenting them but also like being a creep about it and and i think the professional you know is obviously another like this is a subgenre and you know i mean like yeah from oren ishii to the bride to you know like that is i mean i think that's what makes kill bill so fascinating is it's yeah what happens after and it's not good it's not good at all no like this is not great at all it's a bad dynamic (laughs) it is a bad dynamic and i i fully like that's what's 
I mean, yeah, The Professional is just... When I, it, that's, like, one of those movies when someone talks about it, like, when I was still on Tinder and whatever, if that came up on, like, a first date or a second date when you're talking about movies and someone's trying to come off as cool, it's, yeah. like, ugh. ugh. Um, like, I definitely yeah. had, like, my regrettable cool girl stint where, like, I was trying to impress this shitbag guy that I was with and, like, pretended, like, was into it. And then I was, like, oh, wait, this is actually, like, profoundly fucked up. And I hate this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not great. Yeah. But it's also like, but again, it's like that you're taking this dynamic, but like adding the like, but what if they were sexy? Like, I would love like if you to to transport that to like baby Groot would be hilarious. Like, depending on what like the 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 age of consent is for you know a fifty year old uh, tiny alien. Like, what if there was, like, a meet-cute moment there? Oh, my like, God. Like, that's just, that's just, what a nightmare. Like, what, what if, what if like, Ahsoka and Baby Groot had been, like, hey. Hey, what's up? <laughs> and Mando's, like, what the fuck? And Ahsoka's, like, you know, he's 50, right? Like, we, we came he up was the, of age, came like, 10 years together. ago. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Mando has, like, the existential crisis of the century. Um, I love it. Yeah. But and weirdly, I, this always comes up in D&D, right? When your characters start flirting with each other and someone's an elf who's like 80 and someone's like a human who's like 30 and you're trying to do the math and it doesn't work out. But yeah, like there. But more often than not, this is and particularly lately, right? Like very much lately. Uh, it's been really, really kind of focused on this. This like parent child dynamic has really kind of come back to the floor, but it's not their own kids. Like we've really kind of stripped that uh, of the original trope. We've really stripped all of that away. Yes. That's what's really, it's really fascinating when you pointed that out. I was, it's really interesting how more and more it is not dead wife and kid. I'm taking this on where it's like, this is not a child free person. This is someone who still has paternal instinct. Right. Like, I mean, I think we talked about Joel in the, in the last of us. It's kind of that guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then in the last of us too, um, which I didn't play. So I'm going to have you explain this part, but I think this is really interesting. Right. So like in the last of us too, you have two of these relationships that pop up parallel. And again, I, I, there was a lot of, I'm going to preface this by like, I did, I loved the last of us too. It came out during the pandemic it was a beautiful, haunting story with a lot of deep emotion in it um, that dealt with a lot of issues that I really liked. And I liked playing to it. But again, like the two things that popped up on this. And again, you're trying to put Ellie in Joel's shoes, right? Where Joel was the, I've lost my daughter. Here is this person who's now very special, which we'll get into the specialness of these people uh, in a little bit who then he has to take across the country. Of course, he develops, it falls into those old patterns, right? Of, of like a father and a daughter. And he grows as a character and makes choices based on that. Now you jump ahead and Ellie is now the protagonist, right? And has fallen in love um, with a gal in the old commune that they're working at, post-apocalyptic, yay. And like, they're both coming into their own sexuality. They're both, you know, teenagers, late teenagers who are like, of consent and are like, Hey, maybe this is the way I want to go. And then there's this whole storyline where after they've started dating that her partner realizes that she's pregnant from her ex-boyfriend because like they've like they're, we're out of uh, contraception. 
like the the fungus ate all the plan b i don't know um <laughs> in the apocalypse um, uh and then it becomes this whole story that's about ellie coming to terms with this kid and there's never once and maybe that's like the step too far for like the darkest game of the year is like hey do you actually want this like is this something you actually want but like the assumption immediately is just like well I'm going to stay with you. We're going to be a partner and like, we're going to raise this kid because apocalypse, I guess. And it's just like forces Ellie right into this relationship that again, like there's a section of the game where you have to kind of play out their home life. Like there's been a rising and falling action and like the baby's crying and you have to go do chores on a farm. I know that sounds fine for you, tiger, but like, the whole thing to me, I'm just like, this sounds like a nightmare. I want to get back to the adventure part. Well, I don't have a baby. And it's painted as, yeah, but it, it, but, it, but it, <laughs> you have fucking turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag turkey fucking. Um, but yeah, and it's just like thrown into that whole relationship. And it's just, yeah. And it's just like, eh. And not, never, not even discussed as like an option. Yeah. You know? And the funny thing is video games in there inherently should be about choice. Yeah. Should be about the ability to kind of break out of some of these things, but it's like, Nope, back into the mold. Like, doesn't matter what your parts are. It doesn't matter what you're, you're into. Like you're still going to end up having to caring for a child. Like that's what I found really interesting about this season of this recent season of the boys season two, mm -hmm. right? It's two, two. Yes. Season two, um, was uh, spoiler alert for those of you that aren't caught up, whatever. Uh, but butcher finds out that, um, his wife, Becca, had had Homelander's kid, right? Um, Like, non-consensually, but she loves the kid. And I think a part of their relationship, and it's never stated explicitly, but, like, they didn't have kids. They didn't want kids. They're busy people who love their lives. Seemed to be the the gist of of what they're hinting at. And he's, he's pretty adamant about not letting this kid into his life, but then the last episode of the show, you get that lone wolf and cub dynamic. And... He's even very explicit about not letting Huey, the kind of main character of the show, be that son figure. It's like you are for my, him. Yeah, he's like yeah, you are. You're, there's actually like kind of more of a power struggle between these two people as men, versus like you yeah. Know, and and Butcher is just like not about that. And then of course in the last episode, um, he kind of takes on this parental. There's like some parental moments. And it's so frustrating because this kid is everything Butcher hates. He's half Homelander. He's a soup. He killed his wife. (laughs) And Butcher's just like, all right, yeah, you're going to be strong. And it's like this feels – it didn't feel like genuine character growth because of how adamant he was to not be this person. And it's just – it's. I'm curious to see where they go with it. But also, like, kind of frustrated by it. Sure. Because it is... I, when it's and when I, it's actual humans and actual children, it's just not as cute. Right. No. No. And and <laughs> and I think to kind of, like... To, to, to kind of... We've, we talked about a lot of really great examples, and there's more, like, I'm... I, WandaVision fits in here somewhere. I don't even know how. Like, it's... There's so much going on there where, like, the... That's almost like a child, like she's child. I would to say. Have children. I was gonna say, Wanda child is decidedly childless, three. and I think that yeah, like that becomes that is definitely more a story about grief, right? And yeah. like I think yeah, 
I think that deserves its own like very special distinction, and I do appreciate that yeah. in a show about a woman grieving, that was something yeah. she had to grieve upon losing her partner. Um, yeah. yeah. No, but, and I think really special. Like, let's put it over. I'm just like it's. There's just been a lot of kids around, and like a lot oh, of God. like, like yeah, of like not like standard parent child pairings here. So. And the kind of what the fuck of it all, I've kind of like parsed out a couple of things about this very recent uh, crop of these things that um, that have popped up um, that I think you really kind of hit on something with uh, the whole the the butcher example is like the idea. The first thing I'm kind of calling is like child free by coincidence. Right. And it's because no one's saying out loud, like, I am a child free character. Like, there, we, we still all look back at, like, Grey's Anatomy for that one moment. Oh my God. But, like, again, now we're, we're 10 years out. It's still a thing. And it's, again, maybe narratively, because it's not, look, we, we, we even just talked about how it's an immediate conversation starter, a stopper. We have to explain what the deal is. So maybe narratively, there's not a shorthand yet for it. Yeah. But like the the way that we backdoor into these pairings, like you were saying, like, oh my God, like the whole setup to get Butcher with a kid that's he has to care about is like, that's a lot of math. That's a long walk. And like, you know, Jin, like, like Mando of like, it's work and you know, like there's a different version of Mando that's just like, got it. I'll take my credits. Thanks. Yeah. And then you're out, you know, or like the Groot of it all yeah. of like, well, he's a, a, a sentient tree who has exploded that is now seeds that we're going to regrow. But it's like, per, to, there's to so both, many, we, to both guardians and Mandalorian's credit, I will say, um, they really hammer home the idea that Jin, Jin, was a foundling, right? So there's this sure. c- connection there. And then with with Guardians of the Galaxy, the whole thing is finding family. Like these are all finding people, you family. Know, Gamora's yeah. been abandoned. Quill was abandoned. Like there's a sense of abandonment. Rocket doesn't know even what he is. He can't have family because he's genetically modified. So there's no like he's not like yeah. another raccoon. You know, there's there's no running back to the woods for him. So I think that like. The, this idea that they do have to kind of parent someone that they were responsible for, who was responsible for them, you know, there's, but yeah, it's still just like, it is, it's a lot of children. And I was surprised that they kept yeah. Groot a, a baby, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love that they managed to um, take Groot through shitty a- adolescenthood and like the intervening moments of like Infinity War, yes. so that like the next time we're back around, by by the time we get to Guardians Three, we can just get back to adult Groot again. Um, but again, I think that for all those things, though, I think that there's something that undercuts the value of talking about found family. If you have to, it it it, it hammers home the idea that family involves children. Yes. That family involves a child. That, like, it, like, you have the Guardians who are all fighting through their various issues and upbringings and Quill trying to find the approval of a father, whatever that is, and, like, to be a man, to be uh, whatever that idea is supposed to be. 
because again he he didn't he had a both like a kind of a non-consensual version of that where he got kidnapped by a pirate and raised by him and then on the other version his he's got his mother's idea of what her father is which isn't even flushed out it's it's purely an idea it's purely this fabrication of what masculinity is and then to like to to, to have him wrestle through that and to have Gamora wrestled through all of those different things, but also to be like, oh, and at some point though, we're going to judge you by how you raise a child yeah, or like how you interact with, with a baby. And it's just like that to me, always just like, again, I love all the other things going on in that movie. And it's like, oh, but we have to, here's the life script again. Here's the classic thing again. We got to tack that on there. Cause if we don't, then these people are all weird, right? They're all yeah. weirdos who can't, who can't have like a fundamental whatever, or can't have the illuminating experience of holding the child in your arms or falling in love with this thing that you can't be parted with. And again, it just, it, it bumps up against some of those things where it's like, you could just not though, like all the, it was valid and interesting and characters were growing and developing and bonds were being made before. And now it's like, ah, but you, you have to pass that last, you have to jump that last hurdle because we have to know that you're really growing. We have to know that you're really developed into a real human being. So like, how you doing when we drop this kid in your lap? Ch- yeah. Children as a moral barometer is never great. No, that's, that I'm is like, I mean, Yes. Yeah. So, and and again, when the you, I mean, you the can nice the thing is, AM. Baby Yoda is a shitbag, and like he's a shitbag sure. of his own making. So, right, there's that. Like they do, they they, they mess with that a little bit. Let me have my yeah. Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> look, I love him too. I look, I'm a big fan. Like that's the thing is like. I love, I'm a big, like, I love, I love me some baby Groot dancing around. Like, I'm into all of these stories. It's just, I realized that, like, it wasn't, it was, like, every new property coming my way that I was falling in love with at some point. And, you know, again, like, you know, I, I knew The Witcher, I didn't get far enough into Witcher games themselves. I'd only played, like, maybe the first 10 hours um, <clears throat> for CRC to show up. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, I love this Geralt guy. Like, he's cool, and he's got the hair and the swords. And, like, I didn't get, you know, you know, and again, like, the boys, you know that that storyline's out there, and it's not revealed to the end of the season. Like, oh, here's the baby. Like, it's just like, wow, it just, it keeps showing up. And the funny thing is, like, to your point, like, Baby Yoda's a little shitbag, right? So why would these people who maybe don't have an interest in child-rearing have to do it and again you can see every writer's eyes light up and be like aha but what if they were the last what if they were the special what if what his if they M were counts were so high that you high. have to save him from yeah. Werner Herzog or the empire wins like <laughs> yeah. yeah and I and, and again it, it's funny because like it just dawned on me that like the list of people that fall into this category like Ellie from the last of us and Omega from from Bad Batch, oh, they're and all the special. Baby from they're all fucking s- Children of Men. I hate that movie so sure. fucking much. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, the Golden Child. Shout out to the, like weird, slightly problematic 80, Eddie Murphy movies from the eighties. Yes, but like the Magic Child is just like 
Well, then you'd really be a monster because then it's not that you just don't like having kids around, but you also are willing to sacrifice the entirety of humanity <laughs> because you don't like having kids around. That's so bullshit. It's, it's so like, bullshit. Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, we... Or we all hate having kids around. We can't see why we'd write them into this show without seeming like a cynical toy grab unless we made it magical. Woof. Yeah. I mean, like, I will say I appreciate Temple of Doom's honesty in having Indiana Jones express complete disinterest in Short Round, like, as a paternal figure. He treats him like an equal, and it's horrible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And in some ways, like... And it's funny because you see Bad Batch as the season goes on trying to push the fact that, like, uh, and again, this is also, like, uh, I love in the old Wolf and the Lone Wolf and Cub movies, at some point they give the kid this weird magical bamboo cart that's got little switches and, like, blades shoot out of it. So, like, the child is not not complicit in all of the murder that happens, which is kind of hilarious when you're, like, give the kid a weapon they can use. I'm into that. Yeah. Um, that's why yeah, Baby Yoda's dope, because get... he just, like, lit everyone up, literally. Yeah. Yeah. So I love him. Some of that's good, and they're not completely helpless. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like... And then they can start to feel like a co-worker, a part of a team. You can recategorize that a little. That's but it's where, always just, That's like, where, like, Voltron does such a great job, because everyone's kind of young, and then there's, like, Pidge, right? And Oh, sure. You know, and, and Pidge has their own storyline, and, like, you know you know, they're a girl pretending to be a boy. Like there's, there's a real sense of like whatever there. So they don't feel like a child sidekick. They're a kid who snuck onto the team, you know, and it's very different. And what's funny is that like, and I think it's funny is like, I'm, I'm realizing this kind of very important distinction that like a lot of Westerns, and it's weird because like we took an Eastern story. We're now just like peppering it into all these Western stories, but like, the magic kid, the magic girl in the anime is like a ubiquitous character, right? Almost like that, um, like Orko from He-Man, the kind of the weird snarky sidekick. Yeah. They might be a goblin. They might be a fairy. But they're the infant. They're the younger character, kind of like Pidges. Yeah. But they're never necessary. And, and they could be, they're goofy. They're usually played for laughs. They're usually really like to eat for some reason. Yeah. But like they're, they're always painted though as an equal part of the team yeah there's not this parental obligation within the squad for them in in a lot of cases even in anime they're the heart of it and like they're the ones emotionally connecting they're the ones helping people like oh come on man you can get over your stuff like there's yeah it's they're at least at least equals to everybody else around them yeah which is like a whole yeah, and to me, I'm fine. It's not like, I, again, I don't hate having kids around. No, I just and I think if there's the like a reason. It's the parental for, part of it. Yes, the parental yeah. part is, it's it's the parental part and also the shorthand for like moral growth. I right. think that's like kind of frustrating because it's like being able to successfully parent a child does not, like why is that shorthand for good person? Yeah. You know? I. It's weird. Yeah, And each of these shows, a lot of them will have the montage, right? Of like, the kid is acting up, I don't know what to do. Like, Baby Yoda wants the little ball from the, you know, the control panel, you know, or is eating a frog, you know, and it's like, oh, I don't know how to feed this thing. I don't know when it goes to bed. Like, there's this whole weird idea of like, I don't know how to care for kids. And like, to me, again, it's, it's supposed to show the failing of this like hardened mercenary person. But again, if they're 
that good at whatever it is they're doing, like caring for another life is not it's not rocket science, it's right? Really it's not not. They f- yeah, it's like, "Oh, do you have to pee? Oh my god." Like and then the funny thing is like I've seen a lot of we we're both around a lot of first-time parents. That's not a given to any of them either. And I think that like those humorous moments are are meant to to are put in these scripts and on these stories to make the parents feel like, ha ha, look at that person who doesn't know what they're doing. I know what I'm doing with my child, but it's like, do ya? Or would anybody be thrown with not your own kid even, but like a stranger's kid? Like you don't know that they only eat chicken nuggets. Yeah. You don't know that they have to have the crusts cut off of their bullshit or when they have, they have to be hummed to to fall asleep. You're going to figure that shit out on your own too. So like yeah. we're kind of on equal footing. So like I'm not a buffoon, because I don't have my own child. Like, yeah, it's, it's amazing so... what you can kind of figure out. Like, it's not, it's not that hard to keep something alive. You know, it doesn't have to be children. It can be plants. Like, I know you, you and your partner have a, a robust collection of carnivorous plants that you do a great job we do. with. And you know, it's just like that's the thing. It's pretty easy to figure it out. You give something food. You give something water. If it needs sunlight, you give it that too. You know. It's like, yeah, it's just, that's the thing. It's like, there's nothing inherently moral. Like, no, like I'm not a better person because I'm surrounded by animals. And I, I think there's something really to be lost that, that, that we're not exploring with. We've talked about the value and the kind of, it takes a village episode and some of these other things of the value of non-parental friendships with adults and how important that is for kids and how important it is to have that person who that you have in a different context, be it an aunt or an uncle, be it someone that you're in a work environment with or a counseling, you know, or a school camping environment or to have those other people who are very specifically not your parents. Yeah. Like the the Mr. Feeny's of this world. Yeah. (laughs) Who was a wonderful fucking Mr. Feeney. And I think the fact that like we've so narratively shoehorned the like disaster person in charge, the adult, where they're all sorts of fucked up and don't have any family and haven't decided to not have kids, but don't have them. And these children are all these weird magical orphans that desperately need someone to parent them, that it robs the ability to explore that relationship, which is different and which as we've kind of talked about, it has its own wonderful merit. Mm-hmm. Like you can say things to that other person that you can't say to your parents. You yeah. can disagree with your parents and get counsel from this other person. And I think we're, we're forcing the wide spectrum of these adult child relationships into the one pattern. And we're finding the most ridiculous circumstances to really make sure that it's always parent-child. Yes, that's what was so fucking frustrating about the boys, is there's literally, this is against every facet of Butcher's character that they've set up. And it's like, I think he could have, there there was a different way of doing that. Like, for a show that's Mm -hmm. done such a good job of subverting problematic portions of the source material... It seems yeah. a little disappointing that they resorted to parent figure moment in the end. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it did. It's kind of, it's lessened my excitement to kind of 
at least for that storyline of all the storylines that are going yeah, on there. Yeah, there's like, enough else going on that I'm pretty excited. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna watch it no sure. matter what. But am I going to be of a little course. bit frustrated and on edge when that happens? Yes, of course I am. Because, God, like, the cool thing about Billy Butcher is, like, he's not anyone's fucking parent. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tiger, I have my own thoughts, but I'm curious. Why do you think this is a thing? Why do you think that all these content creators who are now kind of our age, maybe a little older, they're all kind of, let's say, Gen X to, you know, millennial to maybe some younger folks. Why are we so, why have we, why are we so fixated on this and all this media that's come out like the last 10 or 15 years? Like what's, where does it fit in like the, the greater cultural narrative? Um, okay. So I have a lot of thoughts about this. Uh, yeah, go for it. So I, I think that, okay. There is a desire for hope for the future that we don't mm-hmm. feel, right? And I think that um, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. So there's a, the kind of collective reason. So 30% of people our age are not having children, right? It's kind of the latest mm-hmm. statistic. Birth rates are declining. And a lot of it has to do, not on an individual basis, but like sort of on a collective trend it's because people feel hopeless about the future. There's something amoral about bringing a life into this world. However, there is something kind of beautiful about the hope that comes with a new life and being able to invest in that. And like, it's it's a way out of the hopelessness without like kind of the commitment and heartbreak and like bad choice that is becoming a parent like bad ethical choice that a lot of people see becoming a parent as and so I think Mm -hmm. it's like oh man I want to invest in the future this person wants to invest in a future Um, they didn't bring this child into the world but damn it they're going to make sure that there's a world for this child and I think that that sentiment is something that a lot of people maybe collectively relate to you know, it's like, I can't, yeah. I can't even, you know, a lot of people are like, I can't even afford to feed myself. We just lived through this pandemic. I don't have a job. I don't have a future. The housing market's insane. I'm never going to have a home, you know, like even just like renting, yeah. like, getting driven further and further out of city. Like my life is impossible, but God, if I could just have that relationship, if, if I, if there was something that I could have that would foster hope for me in the future, then Maybe yeah. it'd be okay. And I think that that's like a really big part of it. Yeah. It's so, uh, yeah, like it is. and But I think it's so funny because I find it limiting that we're still so cynical about the idea of utopia. We're still so cynical about the idea of imagining a functional society in, in our worlds, in these great fantasy worlds, that then we have to to strip that down into the idea of the magical child. That if as, as long as we care for the magical child, then that will somehow fix everything. You know, as opposed to, uh, as, you know, figuring out systemic problems and intergalactic bureaucracy. You know, like a, a galactic living wage might do the same thing. It might. We don't know. But, like, we really got to save this kid, though. Like, you know. I mean, that's the thing is, like, these systemic problems feel so outside of one person's individual control. And I think being able to, I mean, I think that's the, that is the escapism. The idea that one action you take, one life you invest in could be the difference is. 
Yeah. I'm not saying that that's right. And I'm not saying I, like, no, I no. tend to, ag- I'm more inclined to agree with you. Like, why can't we imagine yeah. the post-scarcity society of, you know, the USS Enterprise or Starship yeah. Enterprise, whatever. I'm bad at Star Trek references, but you know, like, That's why can't we yeah. have that? And instead, why are we still watching the Jedi and the Sith fight each other, the Empire and the Rebellion fight each other? You know, it's like, yeah, we could be doing. It's really better. interesting to me that that uh, you know we tried to push that forward, and now we're just back to the middle. Like, we really can't get outside. We can't really. We're not pushing that Star Wars time timeline any further we're just kind of recycling the old fights and we're filling in the gaps it's really interesting like it it to me it it says a lot about kind of where we are and what our focuses are and what our hang-ups are um but yeah it's it's interesting but i think there's also a little bit and we've talked about this in the past again in some of the legacy conversations of like there's a little bit of like letting the next generation fix it which is kind of which kind of sucks too um you know what I mean? Like, hey, we got you. Hey, we 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 made sure you didn't get eaten by a monster. Uh, maybe you can fix it. And I think that's a little crazy too. Yeah. And again, I think that for me, I see, and it's funny because in a lot of like the God of War behind the scenes stuff, you had all these folks who had had kids and uh, in the process of making four or five of these games and were wrestling with their own decisions around childbirth and per- parenting. And, and I... And it's valid. I just think it's very interesting that like a whole generation of a lot of male creators, some female creators too, about the pressures and the responsibilities and and maybe not necessarily wanting to and not being able to voice it. And it'll be interesting to see. Um, I'd love to see really some strong in all manners of media, because I feel like it's going to be the adult dramas first, right, of the people who are just like, we're not having kids. It's fine. Yeah. But to, to get that into um, almost like a Steven Universe situation or, you know, some other places where that represent that person isn't Gargamel, that person isn't a villain, but that like the those life choices are represented and, and also like other relationships crossing age, gen, you know, age spanses that aren't forced into this parental mold. There's a lot to be done there. And I just think yeah. it's interesting in this moment that everybody's big idea seems to be somehow revolving around this. And I'm very curious to see what's next. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah. So what do you guys at home think? What are your some favorite or not favorite or most egregious examples of this lone wolf and cub trope? Uh, why do you think it's so We're common? We're not asking you to throw out your... Yeah, you don't have to throw out your baby Yodas. No one's asking for this. I'm going to buy adorable. five more no after this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, again, it's it's the examined life. So, yeah, where do you and what haven't we talked about? Like, look, I have a whole thing. We didn't even touch on Death Stranding's a whole thing. Like, there's a whole bunch of these things out there that are, are warranted further discussion. Uh, what do you think? What's jumped out at you lately? What would you like to see? Uh, we'd love to hear it. Questions at not just sleeping in, uh, not just sleeping in on all the socials. Uh, come hang out. Let's chat uh, about this is the fun stuff, right? All the movie and television stuff. This is the easy fun stuff. <laughs> ah, yeah. Um, or we'll just well, talk about poop again. Look, there's another poop episode coming, I'm sure. Don't threaten us with a good time. Um my God. I have now uh, that I've moved onto a farm. I do have more poop stories. A lot of poop. 
a lot more. I mean, just the the ex my septic exponential. Yeah, third person poop. Yeah, my septic lines. They just replaced them as part of the the house sale. I, it was the seller's responsibility. There was so much shit in my yard. Like all my grass is gonna die now because the pipes just were not working. I, oh like, no. It was insane. Like, it's all fixed now. It's fine. Like, my shit Thank is God. going into the septic tank, which has been clean. But, um, yeah, that was wild. Um, I did, there was a couple of days where it was uncovered, and I would literally, like, go poop in the bathroom, flush, oh. and then run to the front of my house to watch it. Because, just sh- why, why wouldn't I? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> what a delight. So many endless delights for you, Tiger, and this new homesteading adventure of yours. I'm really glad. <laughs> um, and on that tangent, um, I'm Tiger. Oh, my God. And I'm Lee. Spread love. Live your goddamn truth. And, of course, have fun, have fun sleeping, sleeping in. in. Bye. Live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs>